Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. I'm Heather Evans. When my twins were born at 24 weeks gestation, I began to think about the uniqueness of each of our motherhood journeys. I also began to understand the importance of education and support from other moms, no matter how different our lives may be. Each episode will highlight one mother's journey and the lessons she has learned on this crazy path we call life. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. Welcome back to the Mama Sisterhood. We have Leslie Glasgow here with us today. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to let her kind of do her own introduction. So Leslie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live, and all those good things? So um, I live in Lee Summit, Missouri. Two kids. Um, Jade, who we're going to talk about, is nine. She'll be 10 in August. And my son just turned eight. Um, I was married. I'm not married anymore, but I um, still live in the same house where, you know, I've been raising the kids, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm a nurse. I have kind of worked all over with that. Right now I work in a pulmonary clinic Um, and I was going to say something else about Jade. Well, sorry. We'll get into a lot about Jade. Okay, I'm sorry. Something okay. just popped in my head and I forgot about it. No worries. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about Jade's story? So can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with Jade? And then um, if you found out during your pregnancy um, that she was going to kind of have some differences you were going to have to deal with, or if you found that out after she was born. So a lot of times families actually do find out when the baby is born that they have what she was born with, Tetralogy of Fallot. Um, And they are called blue babies because they come out with like hardly any oxygen in their blood. So luckily we found out, even though it was the worst day of my whole entire life, uh, I was 21 weeks pregnant and I had had, you know, a a few... um, ultrasounds in the beginning, you know, like normal when you get them, but I take a specific medication for seizures. And since I'm on that, my neurologist, um, needed me to go see a perinatologist two times, not just one time. Like I think it's maybe normal for people at least who are already in their thirties. Um, so this is the second time I had gone to this perinatologist and it was basically a an ultrasound, but also a vaginal ultrasound. And you could see a lot more. Everything was, um, you know, clearer, I guess. Um, Finish it up. And I think, okay, well, we're good. Nothing special. This is the one time that my husband at the time, Jeff, Jeff did not go with me to this because it was just kind of like, eh, same old, same old, not a big deal. Okay. Um, He didn't go. So I'm in the room. The, I can tell something is weird. Like they, everybody got weird, the, especially the doctor was very strange. All of a sudden he left the room. Then he came back and let me know that um, it looked like she had no pulmonary artery hmm. at all. And I, I mean, I, obviously being in nursing, I didn't know what that is, but um, I thought, how is this even possible? How is that a thing? Then he says, it looks like she has Tetralogy of Fallot, which from nursing school, I remember as a bad thing. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Why, why, why? So I actually started crying, which I don't 
do that often, but I started crying and he said, listen, um, I'll explain what tetralogy of flow is in a second, but he said, listen, um, a lot of times kids who have tetralogy of flow also um, have down syndrome. So I want to do a couple more tests and check out a little bit more so we can figure that out. So he did that. Turns out, no, that she did not. But in the meantime, with all of this, he told me that if I um, wanted to abort my pregnancy, I had two weeks to choose. So then I'm crying, crying. There's zero way I would ever do that ever. It doesn't matter. There's, I would never have done that, but it just like pushed me over the edge, just bawling, crying. The whole situation was just devastating. Like I've never cried so hard in my life. They actually put me in another room. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's, I was crying so loud Aww. and they said, Hey, go ahead. And, Cause I kept saying, I want to talk to my husband mm -hmm. and Anyway, they put me in a room where I could call because they didn't want me to use my cell phone in the room with all the equipment, I guess. So I had to call him. He was at work. So I call him, obviously, from a, a totally unknown number. So he doesn't answer. And I, I could just not talk. I really could not talk. So I didn't leave a message, just hung up. Well, somehow he, I don't know if he called the number back, but he figured out where I was calling or where the number was from and that it probably was me so he tried to call back and as I was leaving the whole thing walking down the hall just devastated somebody said oh ma'am I think your husband's on the phone your husband's on the phone and I said no I just need to leave this place I'm just gonna go uh to my car so I call him from the car can't even I can't get a word out mm -hmm. I'm like <laughs> like hyperventilating crying he couldn't understand anything I was saying. And he, so he said, stay there. I'm going to come get you. Like, please don't drive home. He came to get me. He was crying. It was, oh, it was just devastating because I mean, they were like, her chances here are very slim. We do not think she has a pulmonary artery. You're probably going to have to have surgery like in utero is what we were kind of being told in the beginning that didn't happen luckily, but it was so frightening and just everything obviously way unknown to us. And then this is our first baby that we had been oh so excited about. Everything was awesome. Knew it was a girl. We'd already decided to name her Jade, which actually was good because then we had like a more of a connection to her with this, you know, mm -hmm. defect as opposed to being like, ah, the baby. Mm -hmm. um, so we knew we were fighting for someone. Ultimately, we went home. I'm, I don't know why I just laughed. It was horrible. We went home, looked up everything we possibly could about Tetralogy of Fallot because we were thinking, what? how is she going to be? How will she turn out? Like, will she have any type of problem from this or what? We started thinking, oh, my gosh, she'll never be able to play sports, which honestly who cares <laughs> looking back on it? But we were, oh, no, she won't ever. She doesn't even like sports. It's great. She's an artist and a singer. Uh, so we end up finding that Sean White, who is one of, you know, the snowboarders in the Olympics, and he has Tetralogy of Fallot. Really? So we thought, oh, thank God. So that yeah. actually made us feel a little better knowing, okay, even celebrities and sports stars have it. He's still alive. He, he exerts himself all the time. So we thought that's a really good sign. 
Later, we went to eat dinner and ran into our one friend who's a cardiologist. I mean, all <laughs> of these things just happened in one right. day. It was crazy. We see him. He ends up sitting down with us, talking to us and explaining exactly what it is and what we can do and how this might happen and how she may be born. And anyway, he knew all about it, but he sees adults and he said, oh, listen, I have tons of people, adults who come in and have tetralogy of follow. They're still alive. They're doing great. They can run a marathon. I mean, they're still healthy people, obviously need to continue to get checked out their whole lives, which Jade will too. Um, <clears throat> Then we realized later that this girl up the street from us who we went to high school with also had heart surgery in high school. And my husband said, I feel like it was this exact same thing. I said, there is zero way that is possible that it is the exact same. And then we found out it was. So we're like, oh my gosh. So then we had her to talk to about it and explain her whole experience. She's healthy. She's fine. She played softball growing up. Um, so we're like, okay, so Jade will hopefully have a semi-normal life. If Justin, our cardiologist friend, says he sees people like this all the time. Our other friend, Amanda, is doing great, super healthy, um, totally fine. Had I think she even had two surgeries. She had one as a baby and then one in high school, which was a possibility for Jade for a while, um, but things have ultimately turned out so good, I guess, for her that now they probably can just do a cath procedure, like go up through her groin. And um, they're thinking eventually they may have to um, cut a little hole again in her pulmonary artery to make it a little bigger to expand it. And then they patch like Gore-Tex, you know, in on it. <clears throat> so that will probably be happening in the next like five to six years, but it doesn't have to be a full-blown open heart surgery which uh, will be so great. She's already had some calf procedures that just went totally fine, not for that specific reason. But but anyway, I feel like I'm just talking and talking and talking. No, this is perfect. Can you, this would probably be a perfect place if you could kind of explain, because you did say pulmonary artery, so she must have one after all. She does have and, one now. And yes. can you- I mean, they saw it. Eventually they were like, oh, you're fine. Can um, you explain but, a little bit what the tetralogy of Fallot is? Okay, it is, um, she has a, well, it's technically pulmonary artery stenosis, okay. which just means it's very small and tight, I guess. So okay. pushing blood through it is difficult. Mm -hmm. um, she also had, um, it includes her pulmonary valve that goes from her right ventricle. Um, it, that is messed up it like doesn't it's just like they call it floppy it's okay. just like loose and floppy so what happens is then there's a regurgitation of blood back into the right ventricle which in turn will make that whole area of the heart enlarged which okay. is slightly frightening mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't yet <clears throat> she also had an asd and a vsd which are like the two holes in your heart basically from the two top chambers and the two bottom chambers um, so she had two of those. We did find out though, that a lot of babies have ASDs that that's a, a atrial septum defect. I think mm -hmm. a lot of babies have them and they just go away on their own. So they didn't really care about that. The VSD I think was so small. It didn't, it wasn't doing too much. Um, but the 
big issue is her pulmonary artery, her left pulmonary artery was not getting the right amount of oxygen to her left lung. And that has been measured so many times through the years. Um, We have to do these lung scans to make sure she's having appropriate um, blood flow in both of her lungs. I think it's supposed to be like a 60-40, like you're supposed to have 60% in your left lung and 40 in your right. And she's more like 75-25. We've done like some ballooning procedures to try to get the artery bigger, but it's like so stenosed if you will Mm -hmm. it hasn't helped at all like not at all with the blood flow but she we finally did get a um a little valve i guess that we would call it put in that did kind of open up the artery a little more and it has helped that was just through a cath procedure it has helped get more blood flowing which is awesome her valve is still floppy but as long as the blood is flowing they're not like that highly upset about that regurgitation it's just not happening as bad now and so we are very fortunate that this all turned out the way it did yeah so did you have any special considerations like when you were going into delivery did they have to do some special care for her there or after her birth well prior to all of this because we were still being told okay she has the pulmonary art the left pulmonary artery she has it. It just is extremely, extremely small. She's going to have to have surgery. She'll be born, have surgery immediately. And I also knew already I was going to have to have a C-section because she was Frank breach. So, mm. but would have, anyway, she was like just hanging out with her feet kicked up in the air. Mm. Um, so I knew I had to have a C-section anyway. And so then the doctors and everyone thought, well, that's great. We can just take care of her right away. It won't cause her any stress. Um, but then I got monitored weekly at Children's Mercy. Um, our former um, neonatal cardiologist was just awesome. Uh, and we went there every, or I went there mostly by myself every week and got checked out. They did a little ultrasound sonogram see what's going on and it got better and better and looked better and better and better and so in the meantime though we did have to take a tour of the children's mercy um like mother baby ob suite there are like three rooms there because we thought okay she has to have surgery immediately so we're like making plans for that and then finally the cardiologist maybe like a month or three weeks prior says hey she's looking good. If you want to deliver just at a normal hospital, you can do that. So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up delivering at Shawnee Mission, which is now Advent. Advent, Yeah. Yeah. We delivered there um, because my OB practiced either there or I don't know, somewhere else in Overland Park, but we chose Shawnee Mission. My niece had been born there and it was just awesome experience. She did have to be in the NICU for about five days. No, 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 no. 10 days is what she ultimately was. And that sucked for lack of a better. Because of her breathing, like getting the air to her lung or was that for something different? Well, sort of. I don't know. They tell us now that she, they called it, she presented as a preemie. Hmm. But she wasn't a preemie. She was, well, 
we've heard so many different things. I saw her medical records once and it said she was, and I went, I don't, what's this about? So some doctor at Children's Mercy told me they thought my OB had been off like mm. date wise okay. or that, I mean, or maybe when I said, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant now, you know, when I took the test, maybe I was all off. I don't know, but they do think, so she was born at, I had a C-section at, I think 39 weeks mm -hmm. and they think she was more like 37 or six. Okay. So also then with her breathing and everything with her heart, she, uh, her glucose, blood glucose was like in the twenties. Her temperature was like 93 Fahrenheit. It was something like super, super cold. Um, but, oh, there was something else. They have a special gift and I know oh. they become part of your family really, really fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. No joke. It, oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So then she was able to come home after about 10 days and did she still have her NG tube or had she figured out how? No, a part of okay. us, her being able to be discharged was she had to be able to eat without the NG tube. Awesome. And so we got to that point. Um, and you know, she had to get her body temperature back up to normal. Mm -hmm. I think maybe her breathing was rapid or something was accelerated so she we had to get ultimately we had to get everything just back to mm -hmm. totally normal that all of her vitals were like a normal baby should be and then we were able to go home and no awesome. no no ng tube that she could rip out at home good good news is i could have put it back in but well that's <laughs> i know your background as a nurse had to have been so i feel like sometimes as medical professionals it's really helpful for us for a lot of reasons but it's also really hard because we almost know too much sometimes that yeah makes exactly more that scary. was one of my problems like mm -hmm. oh my gosh I know way too much but I did feel like well if there was a situation you would I know how to handle it. it yeah absolutely so when she came home did she have to have any monitors or anything like that or was she just checking in with doctors at that point yeah we were just checking in I guess probably weekly maybe mm-hmm and no, no monitors. She was great. Somebody did say we could get a, some sort of a monitor and put in her, we didn't have her in a crib yet. We had her in like a little cradle thing next to my bed. Um, somebody was like, well, you can get a monitor and you know, you can know what her oxygen is at all times. And if she stops breathing, it'll go off. And at first we're like, oh, we should do that. And then talk to someone else who said, God, don't, do that because it's only going to make you crazy because mm -hmm. it could just accidentally go off or, mm -hmm. you know, she turns the wrong way. It goes off. You'll just freak out. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't do anything like that. And we didn't. And it was just absolutely fine. The only thing that we really had to do uh, in the beginning and that whole year until she had her surgery at nine months, um, we had to make sure she didn't get sick mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. So, uh, and she even, she qualified for this billion dollar RSV vaccine. Mm -hmm. So we had to go in monthly from like, I think September maybe to March. Um, she got this monthly RSV shot, which, mm -hmm. oh, that was Synergist. Is that what it was called? The oh, twins gosh. had one called Synergist. Yeah. It's maybe ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Maybe I, Ew, I, I think you pretty much, at least at the time you had to either be on oxygen or have a heart defect or some other to get that. medically. Yeah. yeah. You have to really only, only a very small percent of kiddos will qualify for it, but it's yeah. very effective. So, so it then will definitely was, but also I, 
probably went over the top because I actually became extremely depressed in that. So that was 2013 when she was born. Mm -hmm. So in February, 2014, six months later, Mm -hmm. I became extremely depressed because I never left the house. I stayed home with her all the time because I was so worried. We didn't put her in a daycare, you know, Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We decided Jeff was going to work. I was going to stay home. I had been working in the ICU at Menorah and then had Jade and just asked if I could take some, you know, Mm -hmm. disability or something for a while. I ended up getting a letter in the mail from them in about March saying, sorry, (laughs) you've been terminated because I didn't work there for months. And I really didn't care. That's okay. But HR, I ended up calling HR and saying, Hey, I got this letter. So like, this just means that's it. Do I have to do anything else? And she said, Nope, that's all. I was like, great. So I didn't even have to go through the rigmarole of actually quitting that job. So I could stay home with Jade. It's fantastic. It worked out the way that you wanted. And that wasn't a problem for you guys. But I did have to keep her at home all the time, missed family function. And I mean, our cardiologist even said that don't get her around. Don't go to Thanksgiving and Christmas with 50 relatives. Mm -hmm. Um, so we didn't and Mm -hmm. obviously suffered for it, but it was worth it because she did not get sick. Cause like I said, had she gotten sick, it would have been a real big deal. Mm -hmm. Really, 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 especially if it were some sort of respiratory illness. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about two things with this and you can go whichever direction you want to first. So I definitely want to go then into Jade's surgery that she had in nine months. And then if you don't mind talking about it, the depression that you mentioned, because I know that's really, really common with special needs moms and, you know, mom postpartum in general, Mm -hmm. if, if you did treatment for that, if you took medication, if you uh, talked to anyone, or if you were just able to kind of come out of it by yourself. Um, I'll answer that one. So, um, yes, the depression was just awful and you know, it's dark in February all the Mm -hmm. time and cold and oh my gosh, I'd just be crying in my bed. You know, my Mm -hmm. husband at the time would come home and I'd be like, there you go. There's the baby. I have to go be by myself. I'm really Mm -hmm. sorry. It just became so much, but I really and truly got through it by, being honest about it to my family and to Mm -hmm. Jeff and, you know, talking to people about it, asking if they would talk to me about it Mm -hmm. so I can explain how I was feeling. So I guess that could be considered therapy, but I didn't actually go to a therapist, but it did help being able to just be honest Mm -hmm. and not try to be super mom. Like I'm fine. Everything's great. That's good. Very, very hard. Oh, it was so, so you, nice. I think acknowledging it and then reaching out to people that you trust to talk about it. Yeah. And having yeah. just a very supportive family and friend base. Good. It's very helpful. So then, so we'll kind of come back to that. Maybe let's talk through Jade's surgery. So you said it was when she was nine months old. Yes. She was and nine so- months. We were just monitoring her like probably monthly to see when this would happen. And I was mm-hmm. actually getting real antsy about it because I'm like, like, I want to take her outside. Well, I want to be able to like, go to yeah. the store and have her in a cart. I want her to be able to hang out with my family and her cousins and everyone else. Was the nine month, were they waiting for her to be a certain size, a certain age? Or what was the nine? Yeah, they were, were waiting, they waiting for her heart, I think, to be a certain size. Okay. And her pulmonary artery 
to be large enough for them to be able to actually do something with it. Okay. So, uh, yes, we waited, waited, and waited. And we'd go back and they'd say, oh, I think we can wait another month. And then they'd say that again the next and month. And you're still and- stuck in the house. Yes. And I, but I mean, it's not like I was dying for my daughter to have open heart surgery, but right. also I kind of was like, please let's do that. And for her, like I, she needed something for her health. I was always concerned about her oxygen and, you know, because there so, was a never question, never a question. She was going to have the surgery for sure. Right. It just was yes. a matter of when. Okay. Oh yeah. There was never a question. <clears throat> so when um, they decided to do it, what all did that involve for her in terms of what did they actually do? How long did she have to stay in the hospital? Were you able to stay with her? How did that go? So, yeah. So at nine months, that would have been, I think it was like April. Um, she, we, we had to go see this other doctor who's like the pediatric um, cardiology surgeon. Mm-hmm. So we saw him super cool. I mean, all the people who work at Children's Mercy. I don't know if that's where your experience was. I, Not for oh the NICU, gosh. but we've done a lot of follow-up there. Oh gosh. What just we have nothing but positive things to say about that hospital that's and everyone amazing. there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. They we could not have gone through everything as easily, I guess, that we as we did if we did not have wonderful supportive doctors and people who are friendly and who explained everything so we weren't scared and I mean we were told like she's this is gonna be great like she needs this it'll be good we don't see any type of you know negative effects happening after this we think you know you're making the right decision got to take care of this and she's in our hands and we are we'll take care of her just like you would basically I mean it was those people are just wonderful. So we met the surgeon a couple times. We had two appointments with him. And then we were still pretty much by that time, like every week going to her cardiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, ultimately they're like, okay, it is time to do this. So we, you know, go early in the morning. You know how that is. It's always mm-hmm. like you got to get there at 5 a.m. or something ridiculous. But I mean, it was a long surgery, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> get there early, get her all checked in. It was actually really sad because, and we all kind of cried. She was sad, didn't want to like leave us. And they had to like wheel her away in this Mm -hmm. little bed down the hall. And Mm -hmm. we were saying, bye, we love you. And Mm -hmm. it was was very sad watching her go away, but knowing this is, this is what she needs. This is what we need. You know, this will help her and it will be wonderful. And it was, I mean, obviously it helped. It has helped her be who she is today. She really has no issues with um, anything, any running around, any Mm -hmm. breathing stuff. So, I mean, it has been awesome. After her surgery, she was in the PICU, I guess, for, um, for quite a while, longer than they had told us to expect so we were very nervous about that I think it was probably about seven days Mm -hmm. I feel like originally they told us like four to five or three to four something and then she was like taking on water Mm. and couldn't release it I guess and so they kept giving her different medications I don't know if it was Lasix but they were giving her something to try to get all of this water because it's you know surrounding her lungs as well she was kind of Mm -hmm 
bloated for lack of a better term. Um, and so that lasted seven days and, you know, she had all the wires taped all over head and mm-hmm. face and body. And it just, oh, it was like a movie almost. It was sad just to see yeah. that. But then she woke up once they finally, you know, figured everything out, got all the water off of her and she wasn't swollen anymore, came out of her, you know, induced coma and mm-hmm. was awesome. Ready to oh. play, having fun. Hey. Hey. Oh, it was it was great. And then once we were able to take her home, oh, it that's just a feeling you can't even describe. Right. So then when she was able to come home, how long until you could actually start bringing her out in the community? Um, it wasn't that much long after. I don't think there were like huge restrictions, like a month or something. I think it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, let her heal for a few weeks yeah. and then kind of as needed, you can start taking her out. Uh, we were still really concerned I mean so was her cardiologist about getting her in like large crowds of people especially like you know we wouldn't take her to like a fair or something Mm -hmm. right (laughs) like the mall but with our family and stuff and her cousins we could and then we could get her out in the neighborhood and um it was that's something you can at least get out of your four walls oh it was just wonderful and the weather was good by that time it just it was wonderful. So how long was her surgery? You said it was a really long surgery. Oh, no. I mean, it wasn't like over the top long, but I mean, I feel like it was. Gosh, I mean, anytime you're nine month old is under anesthesia oh, is yeah. a long time. <laughs> well, it was definitely hours. I mean, I don't know yeah. it was 12, but it was probably four to eight somewhere in that's that. That's a long I mean, time. It, I it think was that's like a, a long day, time. Maybe four. Anyway, it seemed very long. <laughs> and they had to do an actual, you said they actually did an open heart surgery where they had uh-huh. to go in and crack her sternum. And mm-hmm. what exactly so she, did they do to, to help her? What was the. Like- oh, so they went into her pulmonary artery uh-huh. and it cut a little hole in it, mm-hmm. um, put in a Gore-Tex patch so it could be larger. Okay. So that's when they did that. Okay. And get more blood through. Got they it. said with her pulmonary valve, they didn't feel like they needed to do anything with it because it seemed like it wasn't malfunctioning that badly okay so they didn't do anything with it but ultimately she will that other procedure she'll have to have in you know the next five or so years will be for that valve so it was really all about opening up that pulmonary artery yes that's basically what what they what they did for her they may have put a little patch down on her vsd that hole Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the heart but um, I honestly can't remember because we were so focused on her pulmonary artery yeah. and her breathing and getting oxygen. Um, so that is what they did. And then, yeah, tied her back up with, uh, honestly, like some sort of wires or something. Mm-hmm. Her, I mean, you have to like open your entire chest. Yeah. So she had that. She still has a scar. It was much more pronounced back, you know, when she was a baby, obviously, mm-hmm. but her we went to follow up with her pediatrician at some point, And she said, this is the nicest looking incision, Good. like the best that I've ever Good. seen. Like she is going to turn out just fine in the next five to 10 years. You won't even be able to see this anymore. Awesome. We still can, but it's almost, she kind of wears it like a badge of honor a little bit. She's like proud of it. 
really important, good yeah. for her. Cause we've always print presented cause Gavin's got one probably about the same, the vertical incision, probably about the mm-hmm. same length on his back and then from his neurosurgery and then a couple on his calves. And we try to always treat cert like, and, and I have C-section scar and like you have a C-section yeah. scar and you know, Gavin's dad has some orthopedic scars and we're like, these are battle wounds. These are the shows yeah. what makes you so tough. So, yeah, I do have to say stuff like that to Jade all the time. She also has poor Jade. There's just so many things. She has hypothyroidism, oh. growth hormone deficiency. Now, is that related to her cardiac issues or is that something she would have had anyway? I think it's just something she would have had anyway. I don't <laughs> think it's related. She has her pituitary gland it's like detached so in her brain so it makes it so much for hormones are kind of imbalanced I guess okay um is that something they just watch as she gets older does she have to have any treatment for that she is on levothyroxine which is for um hypothyroidism which is actually I didn't even know kids could be on that I just Mm -mm. for some reason in my brain it's just like an older lady thing. That's the only right. experience I've had with it is with patients who, you know, are women in their fifties mm-hmm. and sixties who have hypothyroidism. I didn't know it was a thing for a little girl, but we found that out. So she's on that medication. She also has to take hydrocortisone orally. And that is also because of her, um, you know, her hormones all being like out of whack um, and now just uh, as of last year, maybe June or July, she started these growth hormone injections. It's called mm-hmm. Nordotropin. Mm-hmm. And no joke, I wasn't able to go to her last doctor's appointment a couple of weeks ago for that. She has to see an endocrinologist. Um, but my ex-husband took her and told me that she has grown four inches. Wow. In, I mean, it's less than a year. That's and a she lot. hasn't like complained of growing yeah. pains or yeah. really anything like that. And I mean, she definitely looks bigger. She looks more the size of the kids. You know, they're all in the same class in, yeah. uh, in her class because there are some girls that are like towering mm-hmm. over everyone else. Mm-hmm. And Jade's at least getting a little bit more height, good. which gives her more confidence and makes yeah. us feel good. You know, we're trying to take care of stuff for her. Okay. So you were able to bring Jade home. Now, how are you doing at that point depression with your depression? Like night and day. Okay. I was so much better by that point. And I think it's because we finally did it. We yeah. finally got it. It was also like, you know, I was very anxiety ridden yeah. leading up to it too. And also when is it going to happen? When are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Oh my gosh, when's it going to happen? My poor baby has to have open heart surgery kept thinking about that. Once it was scheduled, I actually think I started feeling a little better. Mm -hmm. And then after it, I mean, in like my mind, all I can picture is sunshine. It just like everything opened up and got better that summer afterwards. Good. Good. Well, like we talked about, you were able to get out from behind those four walls. It was springtime. Um, excuse me. I know we had really like, we had brought the twins home in October And then we had hunkered down until April. So similar Mm -hmm. timeline. And I felt like even just putting them in the stroller and taking them on walks did so much for my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like it probably was good for them to get out and see more of the world, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was huge for my mental health to be able to like 
get out yeah, of the house. Finally. Yeah, because when it's winter, you can't really just go for a walk with the kids right. outside. There's not a lot <laughs> so, of options if you're trying to keep them away from germs in the winter. Yeah, so no. that's amazing. So then did she, and you said she really didn't have any trouble with like having to do anything else with her breathing or with her heart other than, you know, I know you mentioned some, t- some smaller like cath procedures, but overall mm-hmm. she just kind of, that was it. And she just basically, I mean, she's just been it. doing great. I mean, I think if you didn't even know, if I didn't tell you, you know, that she had had that problem, I don't think you would recognize anything was going on. So no she's, restrictions. She can run mm-mm. and play at recess. She can do PE class. Mm-hmm. That, that was amazing. one thing we were actually worried about too. Like, oh my gosh, will she be able to run on the playground? Mm-hmm. You know, this is before everything. We had no idea what it even was before I had the baby. We were wondering if she'd be able to run on the playground. What would ever possibly happen? And then once she got older and we were seeing this uh, cardiologist, she had said, you know, we had been learning that her uh, left lung was not getting enough oxygen or blood flow, which would bring the oxygen. Um, So she said something about, you know, if we couldn't get it fixed, you know, it would, it could potentially eventually cause the lung to just completely stop working, like wouldn't have, you know, and she would just really be working, living with her right lung. Um, And then she said, but hey, listen, um, people have run marathons with one lung. I know. And we were like, oh, that's so encouraging. And I I know, like, just thinking about these doctors and people are, oh my gosh, people are just so wonderful. Um, Yeah, she said that. And we thought, not that I care if she runs a marathon or not. It would be cool. Yeah. But but she could um, do it. It doesn't she could. change her life as much. It yes. wouldn't keep her from those things. No, no. That's, Which that's is awesome. just great. Yeah. She's such a tough but, And now girl. where everything is good, she, you know, we still obviously follow up with them all the time. She has to get an echocardiogram and an EKG every time we go in. Uh, and then we just sit down and talk with the cardiologist. Or actually midway through our cardiologist changed. Um, so now we see this man who actually... I almost wanted to call him a dude because he's definitely a boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is strange when you get to the age that doctors are younger than you. <laughs> oh, I get it. I know, yeah. I know. I get that for sure. Well, that's oh. so awesome. So tell us a little bit more about Jade today. I know you gave us a little sneak peek. You said she's a singer and she's an artist. So tell, tell us a little bit about her and what she loves to do. Okay. She is wild and crazy. She's so and sweet though. Le- oh, she's so sweet. Yes, I agree. Most of the time, um, she does get along with her brother very well, which mm-hmm. is great. They just love each other. And I feel like would do anything for each Aww. other, which is just fantastic. Um, she, yeah, loves singing. She was just in a musical. Really? I saw your daughter was too. Yeah. We should talk about this. What musical was she in? It was called Giants in the Sky. Ooh. It was in Independence. At, it was, I can't even think of the name of the program. That's but she awesome. went to these practices on Mondays for, I don't know, five months, maybe. And then they yeah. had the performance just last weekend. It was great and amazing her. and awesome. And uh, she didn't have like a solo, but. Well, if she wants it. to, Hannah's going to be in the Lion King in July and we can talk oh, after the podcast you want. Okay. I'm sure she would love to have Jade be with her. Oh, that would be awesome. So, and then okay. what type of art does she do? Does she do all different kinds or does she have something that she loves the most? 
her favorite is drawing, mm-hmm. I think. And she has these specific, she likes to draw people and she mm-hmm. has this specific like look to cool. how she draws. It's really, it's interesting. She also she has her own style. Like yes, that. thank you. It was like her own style, like how she makes the eyes and what the mouth is doing. Really, really cool. And I mean, she draws pictures of me and her like holding hands and Aww, things like that. That so I cute. just, oh, it was just so cute. Um, she also on their Chromebooks from school does this thing, and I it must be some application where I guess you just color and can write things with your hmm. finger and like on the screen. She, she draws things on that that are like mind-boggling like That's unicorns awesome. and stuff and she makes it really 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 tiny and does like a weird thing and then makes it larger again and then you notice oh my gosh she just made that dimple or something that oh. seems like it wouldn't do anything but she like in her eye sees this is what I want it to look like and this needs to be this and like that and yeah, she is really wildly creative and talented uh, in art. So hopefully that's, that takes her some places. I love that. Now, when you had your son, so you said your son is how much younger than Jade? 21 months. Okay. Was there a higher chance? Was there any chance he could have the same heart defect or is that? Yes. Big, okay. big time. Yeah. Okay. So we had to, I had to see the perinatologist. Uh, I'm certain I didn't go back to the same person because that guy was just horrible. The first one we had to see a perinatologist uh-huh. at some point. And then I think we did see Jade's cardiologist for him. Maybe we found out with him after he was born that he has a heart murmur, but okay. so do I. And it's never not the same, not the tetralogy of Philip. Oh, God. No. Oh, Jade does have a heart murmur though. Side note. And anytime any of the doctors hears it, especially your pediatrician is always blown away. It is like the absolute should be an example for med students to hear. It is like the perfect murmur. It's so mm-hmm. loud. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird, but it is a very loud and it just sounds like that's really what murmurs sound like. So it, um, she has the best one apparently around and my, our pediatrician even like had some people come in and listen to it once. So Jade thinks she's very fancy. I think that's awesome as well. <laughs> she should think that for sure. Um, well, that's so great. And then, so now, like if you had to give yourself any advice, like if you could turn back time and see yourself at that 20 week ultrasound or if you could see if, you know, talk to another mom at a 20 week ultrasound and she just found out that her, her daughter or her son has either tetralogy of Fallot or another heart condition. Do you have any advice that you would give? My advice is to know that there are other kids out there who have those same things. They're being taken care of by amazing doctors out there. It seems very, very scary, very scary, but there are other parents out there who've gone through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even reach out to probably children's mercy or somewhere to parent groups just to um, find out more information because that makes it less scary. I think because we were just terrified in the very beginning. Yeah, Um, sure. So yeah, that's really good advice. Talking to someone else, it would be helpful. That's really good advice. I love it. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you my closing question that I ask all my moms because, you know, being a mom is very time consuming and I know you're a working Mm -hmm. mom. And so if you could have a day all to yourself and you could just be on your own, go anywhere, do whatever you wanted to, where would you go and what would you do? Well, I knew you were going to ask me this question. So I came up with a question for you. Does it have to be like a day trip? Does it have to be around Kansas city or can I like transport somewhere? You can, you can teleport yourself wherever you want to. Okay. Southern Spain on a beach. Love it. That's where I would go. And I would drink Tinto de Veranos. Okay. That sounds very specific. So have you, you have, have you been, been there before? Yes. Well, I studied there in college. Oh, perfect. So there's this drink that has wine and like seltzer water or something in it. That's just my most favorite of all times. That sounds lovely. Okay. Can you say this? That's what I would do. I would also get a massage. Oh, uh, that great. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to during your day. Yeah. Can you say the Spanish (laughs) name of that, of that drink again? It's Tinto de Verano. Do you know what that means? It's basically like the red of summer, the Ooh. tint of summer, but on the summer. So, and they call it vino tinto is uh red wine. Okay. So, Love it. That's yeah. awesome. Sounds like a That's wonderful day drink of all times. I've tried to recreate it. Can't do it. Okay. We got to go back to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with Jade. Jade is such an amazing young woman and I love hearing how artistic she is. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, um, We'll talk musical after we're done. Yeah, seriously, do it. Send me an email or something. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and thank you, Leslie, so much for taking an hour out of your busy life to chat. And um, we will, you know, if there's any, I'll, I'll talk to you after, but if there are any things that you want to me to put in the show notes about, you know, places that people can turn with heart conditions or to learn more, or, you know, we'll, we'll write all that in the show notes, but I really appreciate you sharing this on here. And, um, I just look forward to seeing what all, everything Jade continues to do. Yeah. Luckily we have kids in the same school. So I know (laughs) Jade is just the sweetest. We knew Jade from, from pre pre preschool. So we've known Jade for a long time and I've always loved Jade. It's true. All right. Well, thank well, thank you, you so you. much. Thank I had you. Fun. I hope I didn't talk your ear off. No, though. I loved it. <laughs> you did an awesome, awesome job. Thank you again. This episode is sponsored by my books. I have self-published two books. The first is called Learning to Breathe, and that is our NICU journey with our twins born at 24 weeks. For more information on this, you can check out episode one. And my second book is called The NICU Mama Survival Guide. So I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. One of the things I specialize in is postpartum rehab. And despite that, when I had my kids in the NICU, I did not even consider my postpartum rehab because I was so focused on my kids in the NICU. Years later, I realized NICU moms can still take care of themselves and their recovery, and they can do it all without leaving their baby's bedside. And my book explains how. Find both books today on Amazon. Thanks for joining us today on the Mama Sisterhood podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any extraordinary motherhood journeys. Also, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second to rate and review. This helps me reach more moms. See you next week. Thank you.